0: The Ringers Nora Princiotti and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer
1: Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Litman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We have a lot of well wishes we'd like to give out this week, so we are going to do that. We've got um, many people who
1: we wish the best, and we will go over it also. <laughs> <laughs> it's really all that we can say is that we we wish the best for you, so we're going to we're gonna try.
0: We're going to talk about Paulina Porzakova, who had a wonderful New York Times profile over the weekend. Um, but I was out last week, so you and I did not get to discuss...
1: Bennifer 1.0 becoming 2.0? I don't know. I guess it's Bennifer 2.0? No, you said it right a few weeks ago. It was Bennifer 1.0 V2. Yes. Now, there's some debate about whether this is V2 or V3 because Mm. the original did involve, I believe, some sort of, like, separation and then reunion. Yes. So they could be V3, but, like... Era wise, I think there's 1.0 V1 and this is 1.0 V2. V2. Right. 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 Um, So they were seen together in Montana
0: at the Yellowstone Club. Yeah. Um, There's not been as much chatter the
1: last week or so. So there has a little bit, which has just been um, sources that are definitely on the Jennifer Lopez side of things, uh, speaking to people, to us. To page six, just being like, Jennifer's in a really good place. And Jennifer could see this becoming romantic, but she, you know, is like taking it slow. Which I just, I can only interpret as Jennifer Lopez's camp, like, wants to keep this going. So I've moved into,
0: this is not real. That's where I am now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've I've moved
0: into, they're probably friends. Uh Uh-huh. And it seems like Ben Affleck maybe would be willing to do his friend a favor to, like, be a part of this paparazzi charade, but okay. I do not believe they will be dating. Um, okay. I
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Cause I agree with you, but like, I want to, I want to work through this. Okay. okay. And I want to work through this. I was robbed of your initial reaction last week. And so I want to start there. And then I want you to take us through the timeline of you <laughs> coming to this, but so Last Monday, the pictures are released. They are spotted in an SUV together in Montana. They are also spotted deplaning, deplaning at I believe the Van Nuys Airport. Yes, holding hands, right? Or the hands were close to each other, but were not actually grasped, okay? Right. right. Um, but there, there was hand adjacency. Thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, Juliette, go. <laughs> My main thought about this is I feel bad for Jennifer Garner. I just can't imagine how you immediately went there. I
0: did. I immediately went there. I really like JLo. I obviously deeply in love with Ben Affleck in problematic ways. I just feel (laughs) so sad for Jennifer Garner having to manage this, having to manage it for her own sanity, having to manage it for her children. I'm just sort of like, it makes me angry that this is, that this is, like, something that has to be managed. But I- I'm excited. I-, I like nostalgia just as much as everyone else. I I, ben- I think you called Ben Affleck a chaos agent. He certainly is. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I kind of can't believe that these two people with, like, teenagers are, are willing to be this public about it.
1: Yes. So I let me just say, I wish Jennifer Garner, like, well, genuinely, she's not <laughs> in the bucket of things coming later. And like, I don't feel as fraught about wishing her well. I just, but like, I also kind of think she's okay. Like I, I yeah. I think that she, she seems happy and like seems in a good place with, with her kids and with her, you know, marriage or marriage that is ended and like This is like a distraction that is not actually in her life. It's to the side of it. So I'm like, okay, I I feel like she's okay. So my reaction was more like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Is this real? Like, is this real? But I did pretty quickly go to where you are hinting that you're going of being like, how are, are they thinking about this? How much are they thinking about this? Is this practice? Because they are two people with very established careers and families and, you know, lives, but also two people who know how the media works at this point. So it's not like they were doing this thinking that it's just going to be a secret and, you know, that they're 18 again and like in love, like there is some knowledge. So I can, I kind of, I was with you pretty quickly on that, but so you're wondering what they're doing. When did you come to believe that it's fully staged? Um,
0: so I started d- digging into some blind items and okay. I was, and there was, there were some out there. Also the A-Rod photo where he has the place settings out for J-Lo and her two kids. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. No, I was, Oh, A-Rod posted an Instagram where there was like three empty table settings at his table, uh, with him and his daughters. And I was just like, they're just, they're just going at it. Like these two are, are settling their score And they're trying to seem like cheery and happy and and chirpy. But these two are that's that's the real tension is the breakup between those two and like who has the upper hand. So I that that pushed me in that direction as well. I also just want to say, like, I support a Ben Affleck Jennifer Lopez backslide. I support them sleeping together if that's what's happening. I support them like, you know leaning on each other in a time of need. They're both, you know, his breakup was further away ago, but like, I, I really support that. I just find the f- the photography aspect of it baffling. And this is like constantly baffling about Ben Affleck. How are there so many
1: pictures of this man all the time? I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I agree. It's something that we come back to. That is why I started moving towards like, there is some sort of, Strategy. Consciousness here, strategy here. Like, and you know, maybe it is that Ben Affleck was just like emailing her for two months, which I Juliette, I just still like I can't get over it. I've thought so much about these awkward emails. I believe that. I just I do say too. That. That's I believe. We've seen Ben
0: Affleck at his desk and he has like a comfortable desk chair. So I could see him like writing long emails. And like, I get I I believe that and I get it. And there's a real intimacy to like emailing your ex about stuff you only really want to talk to them about because there's like sub connection, but it's like, but it's like, but it's like totally a relic of a, of a past time that doesn't exist anymore.
1: (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable thinking about (laughs) it. Like, I believe that it happened and I believe, you know, it makes so much sense generationally. There was something in the TMZ report that was about like how Ben Affleck, makes reference in the emails to the fact that he knows the power that his emails have like over, like it's an old inside joke and he's like, you know, wooing her, but also kind of being manipulative. Yeah, sort of uh, maybe charming perhaps is what I would say. Like maybe it doesn't have to tip over into manipulative. You're allowed to email your ex. You never should. You should absolutely <laughs> never, good idea. never, ever email your ex. Don't put anything in writing because then it gets linked to TMZ. Um, but I can see all of it. It also just makes me so deeply uncomfortable. Um, I just there' it's it's never an email you want to get. It's not ne- even if you think you want it, you know what? You don't want it. Um, but so I do believe that they were emailing, and then they maybe decided to meet up and probably like did meet at the Hotel Bel Air and then went elsewhere. You know, like I think that they're both making these decisions because they want to make the decisions, but then they're also being like, you know what? This would probably be useful in this way, and this way, and if we like send this report to these people, then I do think they're playing the game. They can be both backsliding, I guess. Is it a backslide or is it two people of a certain age making choices for themselves?
0: I have to say, as we discuss this, sorry, not going to answer your question, but as Mm -hmm. we as we discuss this, doesn't this just sound like a really good rom-com of like two exes that decide to use each other? in the press for various reasons, and then they end up, you know, whatever, together. This just
1: sounds like a great rom-com. Yes. <laughs> I I agree. If they would like to make it and star in it, I, sure. I won't even hold Gili against you, okay? I watched a few minutes of The Wedding Planner yesterday. Jennifer Lopez is a wonderful, comedic, romantic actress. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, I agree with you. I think there's coordination. I think there's planning involved. It definitely seems... Based on the tabloids that I've read and the quote sources, the the source quotes given to these tabloids, that at least Jennifer Lopez's side is like playing ball or trying to manage the situation. Agreed, and if they responsible on their side, by the way, that's their job. Totally, but how Ben Affleck fits into all of it? Because you're right he does get photographed a lot and they both know how this works. And he seems to both like understand it and be willing to be a part of it. And also like not totally take the lead on it all of the time. And I, I you're right. I don't totally, I don't get it.
0: I don't get it either. There's just has to be like some kind of exhibitionist streak that drives a lot of this decision-making. It's similar to the, why people end up on reality television it's just we've had so much Ben Affleck news over the last year, like in this dearth of cel- in this like this winter of celebrity gossip and celebrity news. It's just not slowed down with Ben Affleck. Like there's been so much like from the, on, all the on de Armas stuff to the Amazon Dunkin Donuts photos to, you know, a few weeks ago with the Raya video like and then also he was doing um, press for trying to get Oscar noms back in like the winter. Like there's a, just
1: been a, a lot of Ben campaign. Affleck. Yeah, I mean, people do like he, but did become a meme a bit during the during the lockdown. Separate sure. from our fascination with Ben Affleck, which you know has has many layers and will probably never totally be resolved or be totally appropriate. But here we both are doing our best. Um, there is just like kind of an internet. You know, meme staring at the ocean with your Phoenix tattoo, got the Dunkin' Donuts, you know, whatever aspect of it that self like perpetuates on its own, right? So I like and almost exists separate from Ben Affleck. But he simultaneously was just giving interviews from his dad basement and writing emails and being like, sure, I'll go to Montana. What did you feel about the Montana of it all? So the Yellowstone Club is like.
0: It's like similar to like going to like the San Vicente bungalows. It's like Mm -hmm. really well known as like a rich person private spot, but like everyone knows about it. So it's like a way to kind of feign privacy and actually have some, while also like making it known that you are, you know, doing the fancy person thing. I thought a real tell was when they were wearing masks in the SUV after their flight, because I would guess they have a driver that they know. And I'm not convinced that celebrities are wearing masks in um,
1: cars. Well, if they knew they were going to be photographed, then they yeah, would that's be wearing them. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's
0: why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Celebrities know they have to wear masks for for photos.
1: Um, it's at least the smart lib ones, or at do. least the American ones. The Brits they have yeah. a different standard. The, that's it's true. Ameri- Another reason not the Daily Mail is very confusing right now, even more so than usual. I I still look at the Daily Mail. I. I'm a bad person. It's fine. I'm 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 going to try to get better. Um, yeah. So I'm excited.
0: I just think this is like probably short lived. I don't think we're like, I I don't think those two, I don't know. I just, I don't see them like settling down. Also JLo was just engaged. So like, she should probably like take a minute and just like have fun.
1: Um, I mean, they absolutely should not combine assets. No more combining assets. Okay. Like we've talked about it. Definitely. Depth, we can call up. Laura Wasser. We don't need to combine the assets. It would be nice if it lasted the summer. do sure. You know?
0: That's a If We're only in May. We're not even in June. I can't I see know. that's going until August. I know. I um, can't either. J-Lo seems like she's on good terms with many of her exes. I just want to note. It seems like she's... Obviously, she's been on good terms with Ben Affleck. Seems like her and Mark Anthony have a good co-parenting situation going on. There was another boyfriend that I was coming across the other day, and I was like, huh. I can't remember. Does she date Bradley Cooper? No, but I just feel like JLo has amicable. <laughs> she like finds amicability after probably the initial breakup. So I don't know. I admire
1: it. I do too. It, it speaks well of her again. You know, she lives her life with purpose and she makes decisions and she commits to things. That's one of the things I admire about Jennifer Lopez. She works very hard. So I, I, I assume she does not have room for animosity. It's not efficient to hate the father of your kids. It's not no. efficient to hate your exes, you know? Then you have to manage all this stuff. So I I like the choice. I respect her for it. And I, again, I don't, I'm not judging. It's not backsliding. It's It's two adults making a consensual choice and then also possibly calling the paparazzi. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's move on. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it.
2: When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil change, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
0: So it's kind of a trip to Bummer Town, but just so many things we want to hit on. All kind of like, depressing. So we're going to do it quickly and try to find, try to find the positive in all of them.
1: Well, the positive is that like we send these people our best and we say that a lot and we often don't mean it, but we actually do because these are sort of, uh, these are celebrity updates. There are things that we've been discussing, but there's not really a lot to add besides like hope this works out. So number one, Courtney Stodden,
0: Courtney Stodden, we wish you the best. They revealed that Chrissy Teigen had bullied them, um, many years ago. And Chrissy Teigen sent some really nasty messages, like saying to take a dirt nap and Courtney saw actually began discussing this back in March, I think. So the first time she went public and it really picked up steam, um, last week. And, you know, it's really disappointing. We are Chrissy Teigen fans on this podcast and she apologized. Hopefully she'll learn from it, but, um, you know, there's been some ramifications for her. Macy's is no longer selling her cookware. And um, Courtney Stodden, Wish you the best?
1: Yeah, I have to add, I was not hugely familiar with Courtney Stodden be- before last week. It was one of those things where you know the name, but you don't know the circumstances. And so I'm learning all of this all at once. And it's just it's it's tough. And I do send Courtney Stodden my best and and and. You know, I have admired the way that Chrissy Teigen has shared a lot of her grief, particularly around the loss of her child. And I, I admire that part of her public personality, but it seems like that's also in some real flux right now. And she's trying to figure out some boundaries and obviously what she said to Courtney Stodden however many years ago is like ugly and unacceptable. So I don't know, wishing, wishing everyone well, but especially Courtney Stodden.
0: Log off for now. Go back to logging off Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Next, I will say I find this to be more shocking than Benifer 1.0 V2. Okay. John Mulaney is getting divorced from his wife, and mm-hmm. he is rumored, per People, they reported this, they had the exclusive. It hasn't really been confirmed, but I think everyone seems to be acting like it's real. John Mulaney is now dating Olivia Munn, who he met at a church in Los Angeles. And I found this shocking. Um, this, came, this news came on the heels of John Mulaney doing... His first set, his first comedy show in New York City after he went to rehab for 60 days back in December. It sounded like it was a really raw and intense and probably funny show. I'm a fan of John Mulaney's comedy. I love the sack lunch bunch on Netflix. Um, and he's great in Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. Anyway, John Mulaney mm-hmm. announced that he was divorcing his wife. Or he he and his wife announced they were getting divorced. And his wife put out a statement that was like, I am heartbroken that John has chosen to end our marriage. And I thought that was incredibly sad at the time.
1: And then two days later, it comes out that he's dating Olivia Munn. And I'm just fucking blown away by this. Yeah. Again, the whole thing is, uh, is very sad. I recommend a piece in Vulture by Jesse David's Box about... Um, that stand-up set that you uh, mentioned with John Mulaney. He was there. He writes about the set and also kind of about John Mulaney's comedic image and his comedy and also comedy after recovery because John Mulaney has been upfront about the fact that he was in rehab at the end of last year. And I want to say the beginning of this year and yeah. um, is now in recovery. And obviously recovery is a, um, a, a long road and, and sometimes difficult and you I we you support people through it and it just seems like there's a lot going on simultaneously and I, again I I do wish everybody well it's this is also one of the ones where it's like I know too much I really do yeah and I I love celebrity stuff and I love being nosy and I violate boundaries or acceptability things all the time. I and mean, we all do, right? Because we read this stuff. But this one, I'm just like, I don't know if I needed to know this. I hope everyone can just kind of sort their their things out and get to a better place in peace. Agreed.
0: And, and I just really feel for Anna Marie Tendler, which is the name of John Mulaney's soon-to-be ex-wife. So I wish everyone well. John Mulaney, hope your recovery is going well. But Anna Marie Tendler, I'm
1: especially thinking of you. I, I send my best to both. I'm. I like the I'm faces only laughing that I'm making I'm uncomfortable. right now. I'm yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just like making weird emoji faces. I mean, this is kind of hard. We put all of these things together because it's a lot of stuff. Where like all you can really say is like, I hope this works out in a Me way too. that isn't the, like the worst case. Me too. Yeah. What was our last one? It's been such a bummer
0: town. I can't remember. Um, we oh, have two more. Honestly, two more. Uh, <laughs> oh, Prince Harry went on Dax Shepard's podcast and basically said that his father, Prince Charles's parenting style, um, brought on a lot of like unhappiness. And <laughs> he also talked about how his fame, his infamous naked pictures in Vegas were like born out of uh, unhappiness and, and turning to drugs and alcohol. Um, it's a tough listen. I listened to the whole podcast
1: also just took a side swipe at the first amendment, which like, I, yeah. you know, he he has was b- ar- baffled by it has already started like the the, the the Fox News whatever like that like things that I do not want to be a part of is that discussion. Let me tell you, or frankly, Prince Harry's thoughts on the First Amendment, even though he obviously has been subject to a lot of evasive press attention. Um, it it's sad and just also seems to be doing the opposite of what they say that um they want, which is like a more peaceful private life. Now. I- <laughs> that's not totally true because he is talking a lot about mental health and the trailer for Prince Harry's show with Oprah um the me you can't see yes which is a show about mental health uh re- was released this week i believe it um the show comes out on a, on apple at the end of this week i got i got an email with the subject line a letter from Oprah Winfrey i got uh, that which as well. was yeah just sent to all the press about uh, the screeners and uh, let me tell you like those subject lines haven't worked on me in a long time but this one watching worked on me. It did. What did it say? I mean, I was like, "Oh my god, Oprah! I, I love Oprah. I'm not. I'm not sure. above getting a letter from Oprah Winfrey." So, but anyway, the the premise of this show is that addressing and talking about mental health is like very important to 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 the world, but also to the people involved. So Prince Harry speaking about his childhood and the loss of his mother and um, the experiences that he has been through. If that helps him then sure, then I get it. But you know, they also talk a lot about being in a fishbowl and certainly the reaction to the first amendment stuff has just been more messy. And there was like, it just, I, I do hope that they get what they are looking for. I hope Prince Harry gets what he's looking for. Cause it, it was very sad. Some of it's very sad.
0: At one point in the interview, Dax Shepard's like, my favorite part of your Oprah interview was when you were with the chickens, when you clearly were sick of doing the whole interview. And Harry was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that whole 90-minute interview. And it was my first time listening to Armchair Expert, which is mm-hmm. soon to be a Spotify exclusive um, in July. And it's really raw. It's like a really raw podcast. I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I'm not sure that Harry knew it either. I don't think he knew actually like what he was getting into. Like he he references the notes that he had that he was like part of the brief he got that he read in the car on the way to the interview. And I don't think he was prepared for some of the um like just kind of intimate conversation. I mean, shout out to Dak Shepard. He shares a lot. And I mm-hmm. feel like I, after only one episode, I learned a lot about him. So that was that was a tough listen. And, um, I will say like, I'm, I have so much Megan and Harry fatigue that I was a lot more and also much less familiarity that I was much more focused on Dak Shepard as I was listening. Okay. And I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a listen. It's, it was, I enjoyed it. I, it was, it was a nice 90 minutes during my week off. I was like, okay, I'll check those out. So Spotify f- served as up to me when I opened the app and I was like, who am I to say now? What else yeah. are going on today? There you go. Look at those recommendations. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Who's last? Melinda Gates. Oh, Melinda Gates. Oh, we definitely wish her the best man. Just all of these articles about their financial dealings. They have. What's what's your favorite fact that you've learned about the Gates family wealth?
1: That they own a lot of the four seasons. Mm.
0: That's a, yeah. big, that's a good one. Mine is that they're the largest private farmland owner in America.
1: Okay. Yeah, so they just they own all of us, essentially. We kind of we forget, we put so much attention on Jeff Bezos that we forget that the Gateses own a lot of us. And well, um, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. The big difference here is that the Gateses
0: went to great lengths to keep confidential where their investments were and they diversified their portfolio extensively. So like Microsoft I think it like Bill Gates only owns like 1.5% of Microsoft or something like that. And whereas with the Bezos divorce, it was a lot more straightforward because almost all of the wealth was through Amazon stock holdings and and whatnot. But this is like way, way, way more complex. Um, Mm -hmm. We have learned that Melinda French Gates hired divorce lawyers um, in 2019 to begin putting this in motion when she learned about um, some, I don't know if she'd already known, but it became clear to her that Bill Gates was not, um, Taking a sexual harassment claim against one of their advisors seriously. And she had before that expressed concern about his um, relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, which, yes. we, which we mentioned when we first talked about this.
1: And there was also a Wall Street Journal piece um, that put into context uh, Bill Gates's departure from Microsoft, which came after a board of directors investigation into a relationship that he'd had with the staffer, believer in the like 20 years ago, around Mm -hmm. the year 2000. Um, So it would suggest that Bill Gates' behavior is uh, under investigation, and that is perhaps part of the uh, reason for the separation and divorce. And it's just also uh, been interesting to me the extent to which uh, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal have been aggressively covering this and covering the fact, the investments and the nature of the divorce and the reason for the divorce um, as TMZ or a tabloid would. And, you know, the the assets that we just described are why it's because there's a tremendous amount of wealth and power on the line. But it is um, it's not what I expect from the Times and the Journal, this level of um, kind of a line by line investigation into a into a marriage. It feels like the Journal
0: in particular is really trying to hold into account Yeah. And and trying to be very explicit about like all of the sort of problematic behavior of Bill Gates. Um, They have a lot of reporters on this. um, And I I think there's definitely a feeling of like this is um, when you hear about billionaires who like just like hide their money. It's sort of Mm -hmm. like this as a result of this divorce proceedings, they can no longer do so. So it's shining light on such a massive amount of wealth internationally. Um, it's interesting.
1: It It is interesting. And it it's just also just, there's a lot of information, a lot of information, which as, as you said, really, it is because we did not have very much of it before they were very purposeful about their privacy. Um, one other thing that's come out is that Bill Gates has famously
0: said that he'll only be leaving his children $10 million each. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a joint decision that he and Melinda made. There's some speculation that she's trying to change that. And that's sh- that the kids will actually end up getting more. Um, and I guess if they have, you know, separate inheritances from each other, then she could leave them more and he could leave them less or whatever. So that's kind of interesting, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, we should say only 10 million. Um, know, it's, but
0: it's Laughable. Yeah. I again, I feel like similar to with the Affleck children and the Anthony twins, I feel sorry for. Bill and Melinda Gates's children. I can't imagine what it's like to see your father discuss this way publicly, um, even if he deserves it. And like if he's like objectively like done a lot of fucked up shit or whatever, it must be so painful. I just I just think it's sad.
1: Yeah, though, I would imagine like if you grow up as a child of Bill Gates, then you are used to the the idea of Bill Gates. I mean, maybe it's sad because then you don't have ever have a normal relationship with a father because there is this larger than life figure that is, um, exists outside the world and it exists to other people as much as it is, exists to you or exists at least in a different way and probably takes up a lot of space, but yeah, it, it can't be easy. So we wish them well.
0: Yeah. They've probably known since 2019 as well. This was coming. Yeah. We wish them the best. Uh, all right. We're done wishing people well for now. Although only kind of, let's talk about this New York times profile, Paulina Porzakova.
1: I hadn't thought about her in a while. How about you, Amanda? So I had not thought about her until the night of the Oscars. When I learned that she would be attending the Oscars with Aaron Sorkin, because they were a new couple. And we learn in this piece that it was their second date. Um, and that uh, Paulina Prizakova just wore something that she had. She had packed like a, a ball gown to take to L.A. just in case and wore it on the red carpet. And I and she also shares that Aaron Sorkin is a good kisser. So and and then Aaron Sorkin like, gives a very charming, like, I don't really want to comment for this, but also I'll say something nice about Paulina just because I kind of have to, because we're at that stage of a relationship or even not a relationship. It's not clear to me whether they've had a third date. Um, I, I, this was just a breath of fresh air. This was, even though it's like, it's pretty sad and it talks about the death of Paulina Przkova's like long late husband, Rick Akasak, and the, the sad circumstances of that. And, some of the legal fallout of that. Yeah, she's contesting being cut out of his will. Right. And it, you know, it's not all like sunshine and light, but this is a person who has like, I I recommend her Instagram if you haven't checked it out. It's just like a great reinvention with a little bit of personality and I should say a lot of personality and just to just someone doing things a little differently and I enjoyed it and I just find her and Aaron Sorkin to be a hilarious couple
0: yeah I Aaron Sorkin so always finding ways to surprise um I thought the stuff about also just um how she I I thought the stuff with her mother was kind of interesting too also that her mother's still alive I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really know anything about her. I didn't know that she had such like a traumatic childhood. I was just like, Oh, you always know the name. It's funny. Like that era of supermodel, like, you know, the name, but like, just like, don't know them in the way that you do know, you know, models now who are all over Instagram or also influencers or whatever. And so it was just kind of like, it was a portrait of an old style celebrity that I, I really enjoyed. I think that sort of gets to your point about being a breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed, she seems to have a relationship, a good relationship with her children also kind of stepchildren or like a step grandchildren. I mean, it's a, a bit of a complex web, but it's just kind of family to her. And a lot of them are quoted talking about how she just speaks frankly about sex or, you know, not wearing clothes all the time. And the kids are like, yeah, whatever. We're used to it. It's just mom. body. mom's yeah. naked again, which I found very charming. Um, like a, a frankness as well as um, the, the fascinating personal history that you mentioned, which I, I didn't know either. And then just to kind of, you know, making the best of it vibe, even in some circumstances that are tough. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think the sort of frankness also speaks to a different kind of celebrity. That's like just sort of like sharper edges in a way that is like not encouraged in today's day and age of sort of the way people talk about, um, just themselves, and like for example, on her Instagram, she talks a lot about mental health and like antidepressants and stuff, but it's like in very concrete terms, right? It's not about like sort of um this like how she's feeling, but it's a lot more about like what she has done like i i i the The Times hyperlinked to one of her stories one of her Instagrams about like antidepressants, and I thought that was just like really interesting and not a common way that it's discussed in in the mental health discourse like it's very
1: different than what prince Harry w- will talk to you about, I think. Right. I also just wanted to note that um, the writer, Catherine Rosman, who is a, a regular New York Times styles writer, she when she posted the piece on Twitter, she posted one of the photographs and she wrote, if the New York Times were coming to photograph you for a story, what would you put on? Which reminded me that, you know, the the Times, unlike, say, you know, Vogue or like a fashion magazine, doesn't always style its subjects. They're styling themselves. And that's just notable when you look at what Paulina Parsco is wearing, which is um, just like a fantastic robe. And uh, I guess, are we calling these like thigh high stockings? What is the what is the parlance for those these days? I don't even know. I mean, it, she's just wearing like a pinup model, yeah. like lingerie so and a beautiful robe. I mean, she looks great, but I, I I do like that the time shows up and she's just like, sure. Like here I am in my yeah. robe and in my thigh highs. It's, it's not what others would do. And no. I I enjoy it. Yeah. She crushed it. She looks great.
0: Yeah. Good for her. Should we all look that good her age? I mean, yeah.
1: pretty amazing. It's true. She does. She does look great. But she also I, I appreciate the confidence. The confidence. Oh, yeah. That's a huge, huge part of it. There is also something like she made that choice. She's doing this interview. We just like did a whole list of things that are kind of like semi grimy updates on a bunch of like really famous people that we all know. But you're like, oh, I guess yeah. we know this now. But she's just she's Sharon. And I appreciate that. Me too. It's great stuff. I think like there there will be continued
0: interest in in celebrities of her era and as like over the next couple of years. I feel like a part of like the relitigating of what happened at the beginning of this century mm-hmm. will then like go back to the sort of the the relationship to celebrities in the 90s and the 80s. Like it's a like kind of all in the same continuum. So I, I welcome it. I look forward to it.
1: Yeah. It's also it's nice to have the supermodels back, but you know, with last names and with backstories yeah. and with like because we grew up with them just as like, you know, one name visual icons. And I listen, I like enjoyed that era. It the uh, it was when I grew up. I can't, you know, I can't change it. And it seems like they did too, but it is it's funny and fun to revisit it with a little more shading.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll be back with more genuinely fun
1: stories. You know, we can't they can't all be Bennifer one point v two. Yeah. I if they get married, is it Bennifer one point v three? Or is I it don't, just I don't V2? Know.
0: Okay. I don't I don't know. I, just, I don't I, think that they're not going to happen. So I, what would shock you? I'd be shocked. What would shock me if they were together in three years? Like if they got married in six months, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, wow, these people are impulsive. But if they were like living a nice life in three years, I would be shocked.
1: I, I would, too. But maybe I would be happy. Oh, sure. I wouldn't be unhappy.
0: I just would. I would just be shocked. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't see it. I don't know. Ben Affleck's just not the model of stability, I don't think. But what do I know? Perhaps he could be. It's a it's a new decade, Juliet. New decade, new Ben. Who knows? (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.